Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Welcome to a live broadcast for the Temple of Refuge Ministries uh, by way of Fairview, Texas. We happen to be on the West Coast on this morning in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, visiting family, friends, loved ones, uh, returned from Oakland, California. God bless the Rayford family and uh, all the other young people I forgot to meet. I forgot uh, Kevin and, uh, my goodness, Nikki. Yeah, Kevin and Nikki. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> uh, wonderful uh, time, good fellowship, good family bonding. And it's always a pleasure and a joy uh, to meet with good quality people and just have uh, a grand old time in fellowship and bonding. Temple, uh, thank God for you back in Texas. We're praying that all is well. Uh, praying continue for my daughter in St. Louis. Spoke with her on this morning, and she's yet holding on. And we're thanking God for all the victories that are forthcoming. Amen. And just excited to be in the house of the Lord yet one more time. Although we're not in the house, we're in the house. If that makes any sense because of technology and all that we have. We're going to open up with a word of prayer on this morning, and once we uh, conclude with the prayer, we'll go into our text on this morning. Most heavenly and gracious Father, I thank you for another day that was not promised to me, but because of your grace and because of your mercy, I'm able to stand before you on this day with a heartfelt thank you, hearty, amen, praising God. As we partake in your word, that each and every one of us hold fast so that it's the power from within your word that begins to move forward through our lives. Let us be steadfast and unmovable as we partake in whatever challenges, snares, and deceitful moves that Satan tries to lay against us. Let us hold fast to your word that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I pray that you would anoint these clay lips to speak truth and power to these your people. I pray that the ears would receive within the Holy Ram and the Holy Spirit what needs to be said to release the spirit of freedom, to release the spirit of boldness, to release the spirit of confidence into these, your holy people. I pray that you would meet us and guide us both now and forever. 
In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we all say thank you, Lord, and amen, and amen. I'm going to ask if you would either open your Bible or open your phone to the book of Acts, the 20th chapter of Acts, and we'll begin at the 23rd verse, Acts 20, beginning at verse 23. Little song that's been in my heart on this morning that says, For they are new every morning, so new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy. morning, I would simply want to share with you 
the will of God for the church. The will of God for church. Paul is in the midst of completing what was a three-year journey, and he was preaching and teaching and doing everything that he could to try to get the folks to see the need of God in their lives. And when we understand the will of God for the church, the church will is not to tell folks how wrong they are, but the will of the church is to show folks that despite how wrong they are, there is hope for their situation when they understand that Jesus is the core for all of us involved. A lot of us have become sideways and off course because of the degree of sin in our mindset, in your mindset, my mindset. But all sin is unrighteousness unto the eyes of God. So therefore, when you and I declare our zones of sin safety, well, you know, I only did on a scale of 1 to 10 of 1, you did a five, so you're far worse than I am. But all unrighteousness is sin in the eyes of the beholder. So it doesn't matter what category, because we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So therefore, you, Paul had to remind the folks, just like the church has to remind us, that we are all sinners saved by grace. We go back to the 23rd verse. Paul says, say that the Holy Ghost has witnessed. The Holy Ghost has declared everywhere Paul has gone, everywhere he's preached, everywhere he's teached, he stayed consistent. And we always talk about consistency. Consistency is the key to everything in life. And even though he was afflicted, he had been persecuted, he'd been jailed, it never changed his message. My message to you this morning, no matter what the attack of the enemy is, it should never change your mission. It should never change the motive if God truly gave it to you. Because if God gave it to you, it's going to last, no matter what comes your way. If God has put you in a situation that seems extremely difficult, it's only because God is bragging on you. God will not leave you nor forsake you. He promised that in his word. So I have to remember that God's will for the church, God's will for the church, that his will be done. And his will is going to be done no matter what opposition we're facing. And Paul was reminded, he said, whatever was on me, whatever was going against me, whatever cell they put me in, I preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. And because I preach that, gospel of Jesus Christ, I have to deal with what I have to deal with. See, a lot of us, we want the glory, but we don't, we don't know the full story of what people have to go through, the sacrifices that people have to go through, the, the, the intense laboring that people have to go through behind the scene. All you're seeing is the surface, and when you see the surface, you're ready to throw your name in the hat and think it's going to happen the way it happened to whom you admire or who you're studying, but you haven't taken the full course. When Paul said, 
was, uh, yeah, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And even in the Old Testament, it said, mark the perfect man. And he said, follow the path that he's going in. Track the God that he's been following and follow therein. And when we talk about this perfect man, you know me, it goes to the preachers and the teachers. We're not talking about a flawless man. We're talking about a man who has grown from his mistakes, a man who has matured under grace and mercy. So that perfect man is the one when Paul said, I've been young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So I understand now when Paul is saying, he said, my only concern is that the Holy Ghost will be able to validate me when it comes time to judgment. Yes, you can pat me on the back and say, what a fine person I am. What a fine missionary I am. What a fine preacher I am. What a fine deacon I am. But the only one that's going to really matter is when you hear well done by good and faithful servant, when the Holy Ghost is going to stand as your agent and say, Lord, here's, here he is. Here's what he's done. You know the record. You got it right there in the book of life. It's going to either be depart from me, thy worker of iniquity, or well done by good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom and the glory of God. In 24, Paul said, but none of these things move me. You can kill the body, but you can't have the soul. You can't worry about what man could do to you because he could mangle you, he could, he could maim you, he could rob you blind, but he can't have your soul because why? That soul belongs to God. And because that soul belongs to God, the will of God for the church is that all souls return back to his rightful owner. But we must understand that's not an automatic. In Ezekiel, he said, it is my desire that all souls be saved. If it's God's desires that all souls be saved, it's his desire that these souls be saved, not that it's an automatic. Why is it not an automatic? Because man has a choice. Man has the choice. It is the only feature that God created that has a choice to do right or wrong. Paul said, when I go to do good, evil is always present. And just because evil is present don't mean I have to succumb to his wicked and wretched ways. So to understand God's will for the church, I got to first understand God's word. I got to understand what God's word is saying to me. When I understand what God's word is saying to me, I can then share with you. And then when I can share with you, you can share with the next person. That's how the Holy Ghost spreads. That's how the anointing begins to flow. Because we begin to take, he said, charity begins at home. If I cannot line up to the precepts and the concepts of God at home, how can I go abroad? That is what we call a hypocrite. Now, understand, not all things are going to be flawless. You're going to have some bumps in the road. That's called life. But he said, in all thy doing, in all thy getting, get what an understanding. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So the will of God for the prince house, I can't speak for anybody else's house, but the will of God 
for the prince house is that we will serve the Lord. That means if I'm going to subject myself to be obedient to God, then I expect my family to be obedient and subject. Watch this through the flow of the anointing. If I'm lining up to God, then my family ought to line up to me because I'm in the footprint of God. So if you get out of the footprint of me, you're getting out of the footprint of God. And if you're getting out of the footprint of God, then you are in a position to where you're going to have to have a coming to Jesus meeting for yourself. The will of God for the church. But thing, these things don't move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course. Boy, I wish I was at the church right now. I would tell you to finish my course. You can't let a sidetrack or, 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 or something that catches your attention get you off course. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care how fine he is. I don't care how much money they're offering. I don't care how big the house is. I don't care how good it's going to make you feel. Finish your course. And the blinders should be the word of God to keep you focused, to keep you in lane, to keep you on track of finishing the course. When I'm finishing the course, when my mission is to finish this course, and when I finish this course, God is going to take me to the next level within my journey, and when I'm finishing the courses of my journey, and my destiny is heaven. That is my epic destiny, is to make heaven. And if that's not my will, if that's not my journey, I'm out of God's will. If I'm out of God's will, what is my purpose? I hope I'm making sense to someone on this morning. He said, but I'm going to finish my course with joy. Notice he didn't say happiness. He didn't say happiness. He said, with joy. See, happiness is an emotional feeling. And it's good to be happy. Remember what's the guy for real? I am happy. That's great. But when I'm talking about a spiritual connection, I need some joy because joy now becomes a state of mind. Joy is the solidarity of knowing that despite what the enemy is doing to me, in me, near me, or around me, I have joy knowing that God has already worked it out. God is not going to send anything to you nor I that we aren't going to be able to withstand if we simply hold on and trust the process. I know if I were to take a survey right now, there are many of you who are going through pure hell right now, but oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you see that the Lord is good, the Lord will then begin to go and fight the battles for you. Amen. So when we understand that God is an on-time God, and when he is an on-time God, we understand that all things work according to to those that love them. And if we're going to say we love God, God then has to be the ruler of everything in our lives, the ruler of everything that we want to hear and that we don't want to hear because he is the author and the finisher 
<laughs> yes, he is. He started this thing. He's going to write this thing out, and he's going to complete this thing. And if we trust the process, we know that everything is going to be all right. We're talking about God's will for the church. Paul is letting them know. He said, I, I'm not worried about what you can do to me because I'm going to keep joy. He said, and in addition to the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Regardless of what you say to me, lock me up, I'm still going to preach. Shun me away, I'm still going to preach. Talk about me, I'm still going to preach. Lie on me, I'm still going to preach. Why to kill me? Guess what? I'm still going to preach. Why? Because the will of God for the church is that your yea be yea and your nay be nay. So Paul is, is reminding the folks, he's, this is a farewell letter or a farewell speech, I should say. And, 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 and one thing about it, I don't want anybody reading in between, well, pastor, is everything, is everything is fine because I serve a mighty God. But you have to understand the residue, the residue, is what is going to be the lasting effect, the residue, what's left behind. And that's why we, we, we go through this word of God. That's why I challenge you to challenge me, that if there's anything that I ever teach or preach that can't be backed up and lined up to the word of God, then guess what? It's a lie. It's a lie, no matter who's preaching it, no matter how good they make it feel, how many they twinkle it. If it can't be supported by the word of God, it's a lie. He said, dot your I's and cross your T's. He said, rightfully divide, rightly dividing the word, rightly dividing the word, not what I want you to hear, but what we need to hear. See, we have these itching ears, and we want to hear that you're going to be all right when you're not all right. When you're not all right, we all need the word. And if you think you don't need the word, you have a problem. Verse 25, now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching. <laughs> Go ahead on, Paul. Paul said, each and every one of you right now that hear me, that see me, know that I've been 100 with you, with the kingdom of God. and. I've done all that I can do for you right here. I've done all that I can do for you, and it's time for me to let you go. I was talking with uh, some friends just the other day uh, about the difference between broke and broken. See, when something has been broken, it's been broken, but it can be put back together. But then when something is broke, it has been shattered. It's irreplaceable. Certain situations in your life need to be broke in order for you to be broken. Y'all don't hear me talking right now. See, you got to have some things to become broke in your life so you can become broken, which so you can be mend together through the anointing and the atoning of God's word, the anointing and the atoning of the Holy Ghost. And that's why Paul said, I didn't gave you all, all that I can give you these past three years of my life. 
it's time for me to take my message and go down the road and let you you guys figure it out right now. Sounds familiar? When Jesus got ready to ascend back to heaven, he gathered the disciples. He said, all power has already been given to you. It's already been given to you. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to breathe on you the breath of the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost can bring back to your remembrance everything that I have shared with you from this day forward. Because now, guess what? I just broke the seal, y'all. Don't hear me. I just broke the seal. It's shattered. You don't have to go through those things anymore. But every person that you come across that's going to be broken, let them know there's a bomb in Gilead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So when we, when we hear and when we understand that, that, that Paul said, I challenge any of you to try and verify and testify on what I didn't do and how I didn't do it that didn't line up to the precepts and the concepts of God. He said, I, I double-dog dare you, because guess what? You can't. You can't and not be consciously uh, right in a right state of mind about it. That's why he says in verse 26, therefore, I mean, I mean, we therefore, I'm sorry, wherefore, I take you to record this day. I want you to write this down. I want you to understand that the will of God for the church, write it down this day, that I am pure from the blood of all men. Now, let's remember who we're talking about, Paul, whose name was Saul. And because Paul uh, was such a bad rascal, he was, and God knew, yeah, this is a bad rascal. He just he got some good qualities in him. He just got the wrong motives. I need to get in there and do a surgery on his heart or do a surgery on his tongue and do a surgery on his consciousness that I can take all these rough edges and, and smooth them out. And, and yes, Paul, who was formerly known as Saul, he had all kind of convictions and and all kind of blood on his hand, but because God saw the good that was in him, you got somebody right now that you feel like has been persecuting you, and you can't get past the personal attack and the personal vendetta that you have against that individual to see past that and allow the goodness of God to come through you that flows down through that other person that not only can help you but help others along the way. That's what... God did when he touched Ananias and told Ananias, I got a man by the name of Saul, but I'm changing his mind. I'm changing his heart. I'm going to fix him, and I need you, Ananias, to help him. And when he said, you're talking about the one that's been going around persecuting us and and, and killing us in the name of Caesar, but you you want me to go and pray with him? But when you understand the will of God for the church, it'll make you step outside of yourself. It'll make you step outside of your comfort zone. See, you're comfortable at being on the motherboard. You're comfortable at being on the deacon board. You're comfortable at being the, the, the head finance or whatever. But when God wants to take you to another level that ain't got nothing to do with your prestige, ain't got nothing to do with your money, ain't got nothing to do with your status, what it has to deal with, are you humble enough to obey and say, here I am, God, use me. That's the will of the, of the church for God. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your status is. Do you have enough humbleness in you to bow down and serve me? And by what I'm saying, serving me, serve your brother, serve your sister as if it were me. 
That's why the rich young ruler, he said, I want to do what you're doing, guys. I, I like what you're doing. He said, okay, give, us, give all your stuff away. Sell your money. So sell your goods. Give the money to the poor. He said, man, you're tripping. You're a hard taskmaster. Well, you, 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 you was just lip service then. But Paul said, I want you to record this day. I didn't, I didn't take nothing from you guys. He said, I'm pure from all the blood. I didn't make no backdoor deals. I stood on the word, and the word is all I needed. And see, that's what you have to understand and get yourself in position of knowing that people going to ridicule you. They're going to ridicule you because you're standing for the Lord. They're going to ridicule you because you're standing for man. But if you're going to ridicule me, ridicule me for the righteousness of God. I can stand with a clear conscience, and I'm not in nobody's pocket, nor is anybody in my pocket. I might not have much, but what I have is all mine through the grace and the help of God, and I cherish it not above my soul, but I cherish it enough that if God gave it to me and if he decides to take it, he'll replace it with something greater if that's what I need. So when I'm understanding that pure from the blood, it just means I hadn't, I hadn't been sold out. I hadn't sold myself out. Listen, 27 again, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsels of God. Listen to what I'm saying. Time out for the preacher to be lying and playing with people because they're strong tithers. If they're out of God's will, they're out of God's will. And you need to be bold enough through the gospel of Jesus Christ to stand flat-footed and say it is what it is. It's going to be what it's going to be. Therefore, you got to do what you got to do. And if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Stand flat-footed. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. But we like to play picks and chooses, chooses and picks. Well, this brother here is a strong tither, so I'll ignore the fact that he has a girlfriend on the south side. His brother give a lot is the cornerstone to the church financially. You've sold your soul. You've sold your soul. And for that little coin, if it's worth your soul, then from hell will you lift your eyes. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just sharing. He said, I have not shunned you from, from all the counsel of God. Now, 28 says, therefore, take heed unto yourselves, amongst yourselves. Study and analyze yourself. Now, look, before you analyze me, analyze yourself. Before you start judging me, judge yourself. Before you start judging my children, judge your children. Before you start judging my spouse, judge your spouse. Look, take heed to yourselves. Understand, look. And then when you do that, then go to the flock, those that are amongst you. Remember, iron sharpens iron, right? And then over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers of. Now, of course, this is a message to the church. This is a message to the pastor. Pastors don't like to be regulated, but they want to regulate people. You want to regulate people, and you want to beat people up because they're not tithers. Okay, so if I'm a tither, does it give me the leeway to be a whoremonger? Or if I'm not a, a, a strong tither, but I'm not a whoremonger, I don't make $100,000 a month, and I, I can only give you up for $15 a month because that's what my, my, my resources allow me to do, does that make me less valuable? I don't think so. So when we see the value 
of the soul of man, the value of the heart of man over the financial contribution that man could make. I truly believe this. Money, yes, is a need. It's a defense, according to the book of Ecclesiastics. But it's not the sole source of why we are coming together. I believe if the gospel is preached and taught through its purest form, money will always take care of itself. Money will always suffice itself. I'm a living witness of it. God has called me to pastor since 2005, and since 2005, I have not had one anniversary. I have not had no pastor's day. I have not taken up an offering for my quote-unquote salary. Just as Paul he did here, Paul said, I'm going to make my money. I might not make a whole lot, but I'm going to make enough to do what I need to do to take care of and support my family. I'm not going to hold you hostage, so guess what? I'm going to tell you what thus says the Lord. And when I tell you what thus says the Lord, you're going to either eat it or regurgitate it and move on to the next table. But as for me and my house, we're going to do what thus says the Lord. And so if I'm going to be an overseer, and listen to what he said, to feed the church of God, to feed the church of God. What are we going to feed the church of God? What are we going to feed the church of God? Now let's understand the concept of church. Remember the aspect of how the church was designed. The church was designed behind the aspect of the family. Let me help somebody. The, fa- the family structure is that of the church. Pastor. The pastor is the husband. The church is the bride. And the congregation are the children. And if I'm going to be steadfast and unmovable of my family, whether natural or spiritual, then there are certain things I must line up to. There are certain things that I must take heed to understand and know only through the Holy Ghost that because he made me this overseer and I got to feed the church, what am I feeding the church? Listen to what the next part says here. He says that he said that uh, we have been purchased with his own blood. I don't care how long I've been pastor. That's not my church. That's God's church. I don't care how long your family name has been tied to a church. That's not your church. That's God's church. We're talking about the will of God for the church now. The will of God for the church is that the church message stays consistent. Come all ye who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me. What you going to learn? That God's way is the only way. Just because I like to sit in a certain section of the church don't mean that's my seat. And you don't have the audacity to get upset because somebody didn't sit in your seat, and you missed the entire message. I wish I was at the church right now. I said, move around, move around. And if you're moving around right now, you're going to understand that it don't matter where you sit as long as you're receiving. And if you're not receiving, it don't matter where you sit. So as I come to a conclusion, Jesus Christ 
the same yesterday, today, and forever, and forever, my God, and forever. That doesn't change. That doesn't change. He was there for my big mom. He's there for my mom. He's there for me. He'll be there for my children. He'll be there for my children's children. He'll be there for my children's children's children. That's the will of God for the church. Your building one day will be deemed inhabitable, yet no one can operate in it. Does that mean your church is dead? No, it shouldn't. If it does, if your infrastructure or your status is going to be of how you're connected with your building, how you're connected with your status, then you're fraudulent in the name of Jesus. You're fraudulent because Paul, that same Paul, told the Philippian church, the poor you have with you always. While you're building these big edifices, while you're doing all these things, what are you doing for God's people? How are you making an impactful difference in God's children's lives? And I'm talking about folks who haven't even declared to be God's child yet. That's the real work. You getting dressed up, sitting in the house of God, testifying, that's not church. The church is going out amongst them, going out and understanding that there are people who are walking around oblivious to the love of God that he has just for them. That's the will of God for the church. That's what Paul was saying to the church. He said, look, I've done everything I can do for you for these past three years. Apply it yourself now. And let God shine through you. Isn't it amazing that we could we could say, Oh, I sit at the foot of pastor such and such and sister such and I learned so much. Did you learn enough to apply it for your life? Did you learn enough to say, Yes, Lord? Did you leave some residue on somebody? Have you left some residue in somebody's life? This week, how you left some residue in somebody's life for the past three days? How you left some residue in somebody's life this morning? That's what it's all about. Yes, you have problems. Yes, I have problems. But watch this: when I focus on serving others, God has a tendency to ease my burden, to make my way seem a little less heavy. That's the focus where God wants us to be. All identified at the beginning of this passage, and if you just joined us, we were in Acts 20, verses 23 through 28, just simply saying the God, God's will for the church. And when Paul began to explain, I've been afflicted, I've been abound, uh, and I've been uh, abused, I've been locked up, but it never took me off the course the issue at hand that was serving God with all that I had, serving God from the inside out. You serve God from the inside out. 
will realize that I've had some good days. I've had some bad days. And I, I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly see the road. Then I ask the question, Lord, why so much pain? Because he knows what's best for me. Because he knows what's best for me, he knows what's best for you. That's why we got to hold on to his unchanging hand and know that the will of God <laughs> is that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord. All I want to thank you for your message on this morning. I thank you for an opportunity of sharing your gospel. With these, your people. We know that all things work according to those that love you, and we simply confess our love for you on this morning. I know that we couldn't meet personally today, Lord, but because of your technology, because of your advancement, you even said it in your word, Jesus, that greater things would we do than you were able to do on this day. And I thank you for that because because of technology, we're able to be heard in Las Vegas, Nevada, Oakland, California. Prairie View, Texas, Houston, Texas, Somerville, Texas, Hockley, Texas, all throughout the land, oh God, St. Louis, Missouri. And I thank you for that. I thank you for a desire of your people to want to be able to hear what thus says the Lord. And we don't take neither one of them for granted. We thank you for healing. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you of the ultimate power that comes from you. As we leave this particular place, never thy presence, because you are an omnipresent God. You are holy God. You are God of justice. You are God of righteousness. And for that, I say thank you, Lord. We give you all the honor, the glory, and praises that are due your name. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Thank you, Lord. And amen. I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Remember, you can follow and join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And by that, you can become the 45372 Old Highway 290 in Prairie View, Texas. We go live at 1015 Central Standard Time, with the exception when we have something like this and we go at 10. I want to give a shout-out to Brother Patrick. I understand he's listening on this morning. Just late as Uncle Therese, I do understand, my brother. Stay strong, be steadfast in the Lord, and know that Brother Prince is here available for you. My phone call away. Give a shout-out to the Rayford family in Oakland, California. 
Fat Daddy's Barbecue, Brother Albert Rayford. Thank you all so much for your hospitality. Send our love to Brother Kevin and his family. We are truly thankful, Temple, for what God is doing. I pray that my daughter Aisha, who may have been listening on this morning, continues to fight that good fight, big baby, and know that God is working it out for the good. To my children back in Texas, Mom and Daddy, miss you all, and we'll be coming home soon. Make sure the dishes are washed. (laughs) God bless each and every one of you. Until the next time, be blessed, and we'll see you on the other side.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.